¡Golazo! WSQF945. No sé si hacerlo, seguir en español, porque los argentinos ganaron en, en, en milagro, porque jugaron bastante bien y después empezó el cagazón y casi lo pierden. Pues mira, aquí estamos el viejo con el joven por la segunda vez. ¿Cómo estás, mi venezolano cubano-americano? Eh, me digo gringo. I call myself a gringo. Okay, we're back to gringo talk. All right, he's officially the gringo. He, he refused to be Venezuelan. I can't blame him. He refuses to be Cuban. I can't really blame him. Uh, you know, I'm used to be much more Cuban than I am today. Uh, since I was born in the United States, uh, I don't know. I just uh, realized that uh, the fix was in. So the Cuban thing, I have a wonderful idea for the Cuban thing. And it's not really listened to because people really don't want to solve problems. They want to have problems to solve But they don't really want to solve problems. What do you think about that as my wisdom for the day? I, I, I really like that, actually. But wait a second. Before you say that, you got to introduce yourself to the audience. Hello. I, they know me. I'm Mac on the Rock. I don't know if you want to give yourself a radio name. I can keep on calling you Alejandro, my Alejandro son. Alejandro Morales. Okay. You know, in Miami, that name Morales is you know, it's kind, of pro it's kind of a problem. Uh, let me uh, turn off the alarm here uh, on my phone. Okay, uh, you want to be Alejandro Morales. I want you to know that my son just named his son, my grandson, Alejandro as well. And I'm going to call him now and wonder if he named him after you or something. Uh, and he, he gave me his middle name. So his name is Alejandro Manuel. But uh, we're a little, little bit late today because, interestingly enough, the people are out in the street here in Key Biscayne. Because we have got a lot of Argentines living here, and uh, they've got something to prove to the Brazilians. I mean, so the Brazilians are out, and the Argentines are in. So what do you think about that? We're now going to be forced to root for Argentina to represent Latin America now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're kind of forced into this. Uh, <laughs> it's a really bizarre feeling to uh, to to be in this uh, situation. Are you hearing me correctly? Because I'm hearing myself kind of funny. I hear you. You hear you fine. Okay, yeah, the rule is always, you know, pinky the thumb, so I have to apply that rule to myself. Got to make sure that I'm, that distance. And the microphones are very sensitive here, and we just ask all our guests not to hit them, touch them. A lot of people have to talk and touch things when they're talking, especially Latinos. You can't do that here because it sounds terrible on the radio here on WSQF. Blink Radio, Key Biscayne, 94.5. As we look at Victor, Victor, Victor Boot of the Soviet Union, um, arms dealing, freakazoid, murderous SOB, and he's now free. I don't know if he's going to go right back to work. I assume he is. I don't see. Uh, I don't see him not going to work because they're going to compel him to go to work and move more weapons and, and kill Americans. And everyone else, and, and it's missed. What was the trade-off over? My God, uh, WNBA's uh, basketball star that didn't even love her country uh, wouldn't kneel, uh, would kneel for the flag. Uh, you know who brought 
um, marijuana oils to, uh, I think he was playing uh, off-season league for a million bucks. Yeah, who, who, who's not juicing in sports in some way? I'm not blaming for what she, <laughs> what she was brain dead enough to take to the airport, but if you're in a communist country and you claim to be anti-American, um, you know, you got to... You gotta wonder about your education and your resentment, and, and take you for granted your talent to even be recognized as the one of the best female basketball players in the country. To go to a communist country after kneeling in your country and get hit hard with the duplicity of all other nations other than the United States, you can't really uh, guarantee any of your civil liberties. In other countries, I and, feel like that's a very American thing to do, though. Like it's, yeah, we're speak al- up. We're, we're always interested in getting like it's it's very kind of like a self-critical thing. Um, Chomsky even talks about this, where he's like, "Well, I'm more interested in criticizing my own country because I live here and I can do something." So it's, oh no, I, I okay. Feel well, like wait it's a, a second. It's a I'm I supposed to do just damage. stand down like dead, uh, dead road rage as you speak about. Chomsky as he's some kind of legitimate philosopher of American jurisprudence or philosophy or democracy? I'm talking about the... That's an American communist, for Christ's sake. I love it, though. That's why Alejandro's here, because he's a savage lefty, and he is like, uh, I don't think I'm going to do the like thing, because I, I have a problem with the like thing, but... When you think about things that are of clarity, philosophically, does Chomsky come to your mind before anything Chomsky else? Chomsky is kind of weird, in my personal opinion. And unemployed, and barely made a living, and just like Lenin. Oh, that's just, all academics. That's yeah. all academics. I, uh, we all, all Just like Lenin, just like that, Karl Marx, they were all a bunch of losers. Uh, Karl uh, but, Marx, but, I don't know how many children he lost because he barely, he barely, 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 barely fathered them. He was a terrible example to his children. I mean, we can also talk about Jefferson's children. Well, he had so many that he probably lost count. Well, he sold some of them into slavery. Uh, yeah, he so well, yeah. He had, and he had, was it Jefferson the president who had uh, a mistress uh, living below the house? Yeah, and um, that's where that Jefferson name comes from. So many Jeffersons, Jeffersons, Jackson. Uh, what are the very common? Uh, African-American last names like, because of slave owners. But quickly on Chomsky, what I, I find kind of interesting about him, because he kind of has a legacy from being the biggest dissident during the Vietnam War. Okay. But, like, I really do feel like he's really a bit too blinded on that anti-American angle. Well, he never made any money in his life. If you don't make money, I can assure you this, because I had this conversation with on all topics. If you are a person... And the vast majority of people are these people. You work for wage. Either you're, depe- uh, you're dependent on, you- on your employment, paycheck to paycheck, or you really don't really risk capital. And this doesn't really make a statement about virtue. For many years, I was one of those people. You really don't know how to separate your person from your wage. I mean- but if you're an investor... Money means absolutely nothing to you because you don't have fear of losing it. Chomsky was not a risk taker. Therefore, most socialists, kind of starting from where you spoke last night, most democratic socialists 
and people who want the government to do something that it really can't do. It's been proven time and time again. That's something I'd like to talk about later. Yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna, that, that, as soon as I'm about. done, you can go ahead. And you can say whatever you wish. But in the places where democratic socialism is better than in others, like you named last night uh, Denmark, the expense, the R&D that is lost of in a country of high taxes really forces the great innovators entrepreneurs of Denmark to flee to places like the United States to make a living. I can't use you I can't use right now to be perfect if I had a Danish entrepreneur that came to America and made it rich. I'm sure they exist and I don't have that person after I made this statement, but we do have Elon Musk who said flat out in South Africa, I could have never have done what I've done here. I mean, his parents are already filthy, stinking rich in South Africa. Not stinking, but the father was a diamond dealer, uh, politically uh, embedded very, in the white part, in the white... A very celebrated background engineer as well. Uh, mom's he, he mom's well, side said, or dad's side? The dad was an engineer, the mom was a model. So it's in his, so it's in his DNA to be an engineer. Even though, he, even though he took the physics route. He, but it's still he, engineering. He, he didn't go through with that degree. What what degree did he actually get? I thought he had he, a physics degree. He dropped degree. out of college and he started investing in early tech bu- bubbles. No, he, he graduated he, from he, Stanford. He got, an honorary nah, degree nah, later. Nah, nah, he got that honorary degree later. Oh, like, honorary. Whoa, you're forced me to go Google. Alejandro's going to be showing me his, his, his kudos here. Wait a uh, second. Elon Musk has even admitted that he did not finish his physics degree. Wow, that's cool that you just informed the not only the audience, <laughs> but more importantly, you informed me. I thought he got a degree in oh. physics. You said it was an honorary degree they gave yeah. to him after the fact because he contributed something back to the school. Probably. Like money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Continue talking while I look much, at it. Um, I, I feel it like politics... Um, what we make defines our politics because that is how we function. Like, if I can wax philosophically for a second, like Aristotle. You, oh, you can't. You can't like. You you gotta deliberately act philosophically. You yeah, can't like. You can like philosophy, but you can't act like a philosopher. You have to be a philosopher. Um, Aristotle says, like, man is a political animal, yes. and I feel like I am. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like what this means is that. How we engage with, you know, our our work, how we put into time into certain organizations that we go to, you know, the family itself. These are political actions. Because if you even think about it, when people, like, in non-left or right organizations, many people go, I don't want to get involved in politics, which is just people squabbling about who's going to be. You know control. what the, but you know those people's problem is? They don't think They're not in search of ideas, yeah. and they don't want to be wrong, and they don't want to take a position, and they go through life basically event-oriented, and that's the vast majority of people. They, they're they working just for the event, to go to that one concert, that dolphin game. Uh, very seldom it's to go to a book club, you know what I mean? You go work your butt off so you can buy a book. That's just not heard of anymore. People are very, very, very limited in scope. And I, I go back to the meme I talked about last night. I'm glad that we get to remind people every day at 5 o'clock, we're going to go as far as we can with this. Him and I, um, you know, I'm the risk here. He's the youth in the future. But, you know, I could just, you know, not be able to breathe or having coffee attack and you won't hear us at 5. But we're going to try to do the 
Old and Young Show here on WSQF 94.5, Blink Radio Key Biscayne, all the way down to Palmetto Bay, and if you go west to Doral, you can get us live-streamed into your phone, into your car, WSQFradio.com. But but what I said about yesterday is a lot of people have difficulty thinking, so they spend most of their time judging. Because in the judge factor, it's a 50-50 whether the person you said that to is judging as well, number one. Number two is that they agree with you. So your, your stakes are very high to have a conversation when both of you know nothing. Guess what? You know what I mean? There's a lot of nothing burger out there. And then I do notice it to the nth degree when someone tells me, Mucha habla, mucha habla, watch out. You know, you can see people passing by me as I'm in a. Miami is a pretty hostile. No, here on the key. I'm talking and people going by because they know that person I'm speaking to and they're showing signs like, hey, watch out. That that guy will talk your ear off. And what they're basically saying is that that they had nothing to say. And they go through life, and I make them, I remind them, because they're, most of them are acquaintances, right? And acquaintances of mine, they probably don't want me to pester them. What gets me is that, like, um, you know, I, I said I grew up with a learning disability, which caused me to be, like, very... Yeah, but that's probably some public school teacher who made that shit up in your head. No, oh, no, oh, no, wait, no. wait, wait, wait. I just dropped the shh bomb. No, no, no. My attention can be really bad. Um, I, you, you, well, <laughs> I know that firsthand, but like, what was funny to me is <clears> I, I taught myself little techniques how to like socialize with people. Right. And one of the things, um, which is really funny because it happens to me sometimes when you really run into certain types, which is like, why do you like that? Because it's like you ask people, like, what do you like? So, you know, because you can get them talking and learn about them. But sometimes you'll like get people who are like, well, I don't know why I like that music or that movie. And that's that. there really isn't an answer when it comes to music because yeah. it's either like it or you don't like it. Like I don't like yeah. rap, but boy, can I listen to Eminem? I think it's cool as hell the things he says. I just I I, I even actually pay attention to lyrics when he's singing. I, I like lyrics in music. Yeah, but I don't. I'm very poor at picking up the songs that I love the most. Uh, I mean, uh, I I don't really know what my favorite band is per se can i joke about the go ahead uh, fire away i feel like i'm really handicapped when it comes to music theory like i have no idea how they people come up with a tune or anything or make a song work that completely evades me you mean har- harmonies and stuff harmonies yeah that's, you that's and like, i can't straight up magic that's like a sorcery of some sort yeah it's a, it's a sorcery it's a talent it's a com- it's a communication skill i have a friend of mine uh, who I've known for years, not that ye- not that many years, but a good solid 10, and there was something about him that was interesting to me. I just liked him. Um, we had a really cool conversation. He was very intuitive like I am. And there are people who appreciate that. There are people who can stand that about my person. And then I understood why when he posts on social media without ever having discussed it with me like, who gave him the permission to do this, he got on his piano in his home, and he went ape on it. And I'm like, no way. Then I meet another person, same thing. I had affinity for conversations with him, and in this in this particular second person, uh, he delivered for me business-wise. He did something that was very beneficial to me, and he was paid for it handsomely. It's his job to do what he did, but... He did it, and it was like a, a sorcery. 
He saved me money. And guess what? He posted one day, cranking out on the piano. And I thought about concert piano, not Billy Joel stuff, you know? So I, I, in the end of the day, I'm a wannabe, you know? I just can't play an instrument. I was given an opportunity to do so, and I failed. Uh, I told you about the Baldwin piano uh, that I have in my house that I ended up giving away to St. Angus when my you know, parents died and I sold their home. And I always said, my God, I, I, all I do is sit there. They bought me the piano, for Christ's sake. You, you and I talked earlier about how like we're rock and roll guys. Yeah. Um, what I think is really funny is um, you'll hear lots of stories about how like the guys in the hair metal days, how they were like phoning it in. And my favorite story, do you know about Warrant? I want to know what phoning it in means. Oh, like, they stop caring. Like, they just, like, they're just, like, no effort songwriting, trying to just get a song out the door. And my favorite story... Well, I do, I do write in my 20s and my 30s, up to my 40s. I wrote poetry. So I know when it just rises from yeah. out of nowhere, you don't really sit down and do it. It just starts going. So you have to grab the pen and write it on, on the back of an envelope, wherever it comes out. So I know that part of it, and I imagine songwriting is very similar. But the, the my favorite story is the guy who did Warren, and Warren was kind of one of these hair metal bands that like metal people hate this movement. Like they act like these were infiltrators, these were subverters, these were like it's like they're red scare. Like these were enemies who entered into our land, sold it out, and destroyed us. It destroyed our music, basically. Yeah. yeah. That's how they feel about it. But my favorite one was um, there was a VH1 documentary, which was like the history of metal. Check you out, VH1, man. Holy moly. That you can tell the difference between our ages. Yeah. I know that VH1 was out there enough to know to make this comment, but never once did I stop. And MTV I did, but VH1 I didn't. So you can see how I waned enthusiasm right away. But like... There's the, um, the lead singer of Warrant was sitting there on a chair. He, 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 he gained some weight. He looked really defeated in it. And he was just like, I hate my career, basically. Like, I hate what happened to me. He was like, oh, let me get into it. Um, he was like, I finished um, the album. It was called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh, um, you wow. know, it, it was like the lead song was about this. It was like really pressing. The, the album was named Uncle Tom Cabin after the song. And my producer hits me up and says, I don't have a single. Can I get a single? And so I sat down and I wrote Cherry Pie overnight. And then all of a sudden, the album's called Cherry Pie. I'm doing Cherry Pie eating contests. Uh, yeah, my life is Cherry Pie. Like, And then he just ends it with, like, I could shoot myself. Yeah, if really, lying, my, li my life was determined by a producer. <laughs> so it, it, it's, I always think about, like, that bit when I think about, like, how art can be, like, just shot out and, like, not reflexive of what you want. I'm working on those likes, I noticed. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I was going <laughs> to just go, for, uh, go with an hour's worth of stuff and see <laughs> how long I can get this generation to... Uh, go without saying like, 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 you know, like, the Gen Xers but did that you to are us. failing the exam big time right the now. The Gen Xers did that to us. I was raised off Gen X culture, just like 80s. So you believe movies. that Gen X is the, 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 the origination of the like, like, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I remember, well, um, you know what, Zappa that might be better than what we had growing up when we didn't really know what we wanted to say in a, on a spot moment. It was, uh, uh, 
So I guess like I think like is a little bit more uh, disturbing to listen to on a regular basis than uh. Although uh sounds really stupid, but I remember uh, and I still have the uh, and I still have the like. But like in between every every thought is kind of dizzying, especially on radio. So fix it. Well, anyway, what were you saying again? Uh, by the way, I've Googled Elon Musk. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of schools listed here. The most prominent school are University of Pennsylvania and Stanford. 1992 to 1997. So that tells me that he, that's, you know. I, I'm positive he did not finish the physics degree, though. Okay. I, I don't really know either. That. I haven't done a sufficient amount of uh, research here, but I have it online. And as you talk, I'm going to go get, uh, you know, pull out Wikipedia here. We can debate it to see if people are in agreement with you. I, you know, I personally, you were teaching me something, so I want to know if there's other details. So maybe I should search. Are, like right off the bat, the first site or first article from Times Now News, whatever that is. I think he's are admitted Elon Musk's degrees fake? It's not that they're fake. It's he's admitted that this in himself in prior interviews. He's changed his story now um, in other interviews. I don't know why he does because who in the hell can debate his brilliance? So who cares? Uh, it'd be actually a good thing to have not gone to school and just he's self-taught a good marketing himself. man. He's very good at marketing himself. Oh, he surrounds himself with wizards, man. And they can't run game on him because he knows what he's doing. One guy who isn't like that, who gets way too much credit for what he amounted himself to be or what he was able to attain, was Bill Gates just buying DOS and adding the mouse. That's it! And everybody thinks he, he invented DOS. No, man, he bought DOS to a bidder who beat him in a public housing contract, I believe, in, in his hometown of Seattle, Washington. I mean, and he told the guy, You can't win. You can't beat. You can't do this. You can't perform this. He goes, yeah, but I beat you. And he goes, Man, you're going you're gonna to go broke. And the guy got the contract, started working it, and it wasn't going to be functional for those who need the services off the site. And he goes, uh, uh, What? What? And they go, look, I'm calling you, I'm telling you, you're going to lose money, you're gonna, you know, when it's time for a renewal, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it, I'm going to take the contract with you. Why don't you just sell me what you have now and I'll work from there. I mean, Musk also did an aggressive takeover of Tesla. He was it's, not its founder. It wasn't, no. Yeah. That I knew. Um, the, what he did and do he got credit for handle... uh, letting the family use the name Tesla, and that wasn't true either. What he did do was, um, the only thing he engineered was the handle on the charger. The only thing he really engineered was the ha- say that again, the um, the end of the charger, where you plug it into the car. Oh my he freaking lord! Yes, but he also maximized the distance for charging. Of course, team of people. Nobody does this stuff by themselves, but team of people. Um, the you know the art of being the master of people is to bounce, get people to bounce stuff off each other. And maybe you are the guy who comes up with a tweak. But he, I've heard a lot of his interviews uh, because I, I'd like to meet him one day. And I want to be able to say something that might get me four or five minutes with him. And I believe I'm going to. Uh, I usually have an opportunity like this through other means. But I, I, just, like the, I, I just like the idea of meeting him. And um, I think that he... 
is a person who reads like a freak. Not only does he read physics and engineering and, uh, you know, can run numbers in his head, which is pretty freaking amazing in and of itself, kind of Einstein-ish. Uh, he can picture stuff in his head and then manifest it on a, on a whiteboard so others can read the math and understand what's missing here, what's the piece that's missing, because we can't complete this this way. I, or it being done for him, and he says, isn't there something missing there? I think he's one of these personality types who feels the need to have complete control, which is good in like a really competitive business world, but he constantly like craves complete control. Absolutely. Yeah. My God, if he's sleeping in the warehouse, freaking he doesn't go home to enjoy a nice view and a, and a, and a nice uh, you know chimney and, and you know throw some bricks into the chimney and enjoy your fireplace. My God, he just wants to sleep in his warehouses. And I heard in Germany he spent the vast majority of his time to build the the factory in Germany, and uh, he slept there. And that, how many factories does he have already? And he slept in all of them. That's a freak. It's a total freak. And, you know, since we're recording these shows, maybe that would be something I could say to him. Hey, Elon, you know, um, I, I had an, an idea that I wanted to express with you, but maybe you should just listen to our radio program on the Young and Old Show. Hey. It's not the Old and Young Show, right? It's a Young and Old Show. Sounds better that way. Yeah. I think. I'll, I'll take I'll take for spelling. Yeah, because I've already. <laughs> I'll you take, take the first billing if offered. No, it just it does flow that it yeah. flows as young and old show, and uh, the reason why I question myself is because since I'm already in the, that brain dead stage of my life where I, dementia can come upon me at any time, I can see already in my file with you for the second show I've already put the old and new show, <laughs> so I will change the name. When when it's uh, uploaded on the website, so uh, Chris, if you're you got you got two sites to upload onto the website, so you know get with the program, please. But it's the Young and Old show, and it'll be these shows will be Young and Old one two three four five six seven. That way you can tell your peers. You know, I know you guys are much more organized than we are. I I on, on my other recordings, I like to put somewhat of a two or three word of what was spoken that day. But since you and me is just quick fire action here, whatever goes goes, we're just feeling this thing, feeling this out just because we love talking all the time. Uh, we're just gonna go one, two, three, four, five, and six, and seven. So um, keep on telling me what you were gonna what you're gonna talk about because right now I'm having a, 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 a this obsession here to find out if all his degrees are honorable degrees. So far, so good. Someone has to say it. Elon Musk has lied for 27 years about his credentials. He does not have a bachelor's in physics or a technical of any technical field. Do not. Uh, he did not get a PhD. What he did do was drop out in 1995 and was an illegal immigrant. Later. Later, investors quietly arranged to get him a diploma, and then they, and then this particular uh, Twitter guy called Capital Hunters, which is what I read from, it shows these documents, 
and I I can't I don't I, mean, I can't any, I can't see them. But if anything, that's I can boot them up. Sort of repeating in a lot of billionaire stories where they don't need to really finish college. Yeah, the, yeah. I really don't. So, um, I'm not. I'm going to stand that point, but it, it's not something that I feel dissuades him from some of the stuff that he's perhaps done. But it, it's I do take issue with like this way that he's painted himself as like this mystical genius of science who can just create things on his own. Well, he's done a really good job marketing that. Okay, that this but, attitude. Um, like, take, for I, example, I got two things to say. First of all, results are results. There's nobody on planet Earth right now, and this you should take to the bank. There's no one on planet Earth right now who can honestly say. I am born on Earth, but I want to die on Mars and pull it off. One man among the billion that are out here. There are others that might be thinking they were trying to do that after he said it. But think of that statement I just made. There is no man on planet Earth who can honestly say, I can make it happen. I'm all born on Earth, as the rest of us are. But I want to die on Mars, and he could pull that off. I guess. Here's and the, I want to drive my car. Here's here's the question. <laughs> my car's already up there, parked somewhere. <laughs> Where did he leave that car anyway? It's just floating out there on some satellite, right? The Tesla he sent up there didn't just disappear, right? It's got to be somewhere floating somewhere. Which Tesla you're talking about? The Tesla that he flew up into space. He flew us a, uh, a Tesla up in space. Okay, here we go. Continue here for a moment while I research new information. Um, that that by the way that post got four thousand four hundred replies. So there's probably a bunch of stuff I can. Twitter is just full of people suppressing the urge to kill each other. <laughs> well, uh, now that, you're that, sounding like the Grinch on Christmas Day. <laughs> What's up? Uh, no, like I, I feel like anyone who's known around their way around that website doesn't want to go back. Uh, one guy saying, hey, man, it's amazing you waste so much time posting stuff like this. So, yeah, people are going after Capital Hunters. They're, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, hey, it's a trivia. Look, I'm on it. Um, it's funny that I said that about the mathematics uh, equations and stuff on a whiteboard because there's a picture here from Elon himself. Yeah, he sent it to me through a mutual physics professor friend of ours. And it shows that the professor and he came to the same conclusions on a whiteboard. And he got a 5 for 5 grade in some kind of, I guess it was a quiz of some sort. And I'm just scrolling around here. And, uh, yeah, there are people who are really upset with the guy, with Capital Hunters for disparaging him so like pe- that. People love Musk. There are some people who love, love Musk. My, I got people in my family who don't like it when I trash talk him. Yeah, he, uh, um, he's, a, he's a wizard. Um I guess I, my bone in the pick with him is that like that hyperloop thing is a total bust, and he's admitted it. It was because well, this guy's saying, "Look, hey, I'm sorry, but his accomplishments are actually more impressive without the formal degrees." It's, he probably has the background, but I want you to say, I want you to know, I'm a college dropout, so I know the feeling. I know what it's like to reach for the stars, knowing that you don't have the skills to do so. But you don't have the excuse not to do so because you don't have the you don't have the degree. I mean, no one's going to take anything that I accomplish seriously until the end result. Like, I, mean, I feel like that's better here. I feel like in Florida, 
there's less of a stigma, but like up in DC, it's always like, what college did you go to? Which is just how people start conversations up there. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I remember, you know, Cuba, Miami was, ¿Y tu familia que nombre, qué, qué apellido tú tienes? ¿De quién tú eres? ¿Cómo se llamaba tu mamá, tu abuela? They wanted to know my mom's maiden name. So yeah, I could see how in D.C., which is surrounded by universities, not only the periphery, not only the universities within the practically walking distance of each other, American University, Georgetown, uh, help me. What? Howard. Howard. Oh. Um, and then you also had the periphery, University of Maryland, University of Virginia. Well, Virginia's farther away. Virginia is in Richmond, correct? Much farther away or no? No. Richmond's pretty far. No, yeah, no, hold over, on, hold on. Charlottesville is really far. Charlottesville is like three hours drive from D.C. because states are huge. Yeah, and then uh, you have the community colleges. Uh, you have just a plethora of think tanks, for Christ's sake. Oh, no, man. Like, I, I can drive you around D.C., and I can point out the Cato Institute. I can find sure. you the Heritage Foundation. I can find you the American Enterprise Institute. I can find you all of these things. Yeah, and um, even and the Rand Corporation. And the oh, well, even the Rand Corporation. Um, <laughs> what uh, have you ever become a member of one or no. uh, solicit their newsletters or I? That Democratic Socialist thing here keeps you away from those oh, groups. No. Um, <laughs> the Except for the Brookings, the Brookings people, you know. They're, they're, I, I I like watching a seminar from them, but like to me, like. American Enterprise Institute in particular personifies everything I try to stand against. Um, it, it, only, only because they can prove you wrong or because their, they, stu they, they, they their were, stuff will never happen? Because they were backers of the war in Iraq. Mm. So to me, like... Okay, here's a good question for you. And I know that, uh, that people have that issue to the point where they hate the Bushes and stuff. But what would you suggest a world power like the United States to do once they were attacked on 9-11? Were they supposed to just stand down? Ooh, no, 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 no. Because here's what the thing. should we have done? I, I have an answer. Um, and it's pretty funny. I think a lot of people, because there was a lot of conspiracies that came out with the time. A lot of people were just desperately trying to make sense of that. And the one things I do remember looking into it that I found was um, Project for a New American Century. And a censored part of the 9-11 um, Commission report. And 10 years later, after the decensoring of the Commission report, it had revealed that what a lot of people expected, that these were all Saudi-trained and raised people. That's for sure. So, I think... 20-something of them, 24 yeah. of them. It was really funny. Even these guys had, like, PhDs to blow themselves up. No, uh, and, <laughs> and a few of them, and a, and a few of them got the, a lot of their inferior pilot training right here in Boca Raton. So it's the question I've always felt um, about 9-11, like what should have been the answer? It should have been a really time to look at who some of our allies are and who is like, it's not even that controversial to say. You've seen Network, right? The movie where it goes, I'm not mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. anymore right? Yeah, yeah. No, I've only, I've only seen that little snippet at the Heat Games. Ah. The, the big thing that causes like the big climax of the movie is when the guy talks about an oil deal the company is doing with the Saudis. And that gets the company mad at him. That they almost threatened to pull his show. 
Oh. Like, like that's part of the plot. Yeah, so you're not supposed to say that uh, on the show. <laughs> and how dare you go there? <laughs> yeah. So it's the American relationship with the Saudis has always been really contested. And then a lot of people are really annoyed by that. But I answer to them with you prefer us not to be involved with the Sunnis and and choose the Shiites instead, who are the vast majority. That's Iran. And not that the Sunnis and the Shiites are any different from each other. In fact, Sunnis are known as a culture to be much more violent than Shiites. But Wahhabis and the Shiites are Persians, like we talked about yesterday. They're less Arab. They're, they're Persians. And Persians don't really think they're Arabs. And there's no debate that they're not. They're, even the gene pool is very different. So what are we to do? But funding Saudi Arabia? We, huh? But funding Saudi Arabia is a major funder of radical Islamic terror. Like, they are they are hardcore uh, radical terrorists as well, but it's uh, what do you call it? The friend, uh, the enemy of my friend is my friend. And granted, that's or the, the en- sorry, sorry, wrong. The enemy of my enemy, the enemy is, my is my friend. Yes, I, I knew what you were saying. I got yeah. you. No, but the audience got to understand yeah. that uh, <laughs> you know I just had a John Fetterman moment. Oh, I love Fetterman. We can talk about that. Yeah, later. I get I, it. I love Fetterman. Okay, we can switch subjects. But, um, no, no, but I feel like this is an important because you, you asked me a convert. What about should what we, we have done, done after 9 11? I think we should have really grilled the. Picked Saudis. our poison. We should have really considered who we were arming. We should have really. Because here's. So we should have, instead of Iraq, we should have uh, gone after Saudi. I'm not talking like a full scale military invasion, but we should have applied pressure to this country. Like, so, um, what's the proper initials of this current prince? Like, members of his family were caught channeling money into Salah, ISIS. Salah. Salah is his last name, but... Like, these people were caught funneling money into ISIS. Like, ISIS was also fighting another one no, of No, there were enemies. Bin Laden's. Iran. The Bin Laden's, yeah. yeah. Who was, like, a part of a terrorist group, the Muhammadin, which you can say, like, okay, they needed to fight off the Soviets, but, like, we have to think about our complicity on arming fanatics. You know, granted, there may be points where... They meet our interests, but there are side effects to this. Well, they were the, the 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 issue with the Saudis in the United States is back in the seventies, they needed our abilities to tap their oil and refine it for them. And guess what? They made it the easiest for us to go over there and tap their oil and refine it for them. Remember, OPEC was having a problem with us with the famous. Uh, Oil embargo, not only the oil embargo, but, well, the oil embargo. I mean, it was a problem. And unfortunately, the part that Americans have to understand, and I learned to understand it over time, the messy part of capitalism and the profit motive. You see it with our uh, cheap labor Ooh, in he's China. coming down slowly down the yeah. staircase onto our side now. No, <laughs> I will refuse to do that. I understand. I understand that there's a certain. Uh, we talked about the magic, the magic wand of Alfred Sprint. You know, the magic hand, the invisible hand of the market. The, yeah, sorry, the invisible hand of the market of Alfred, of Alfred Adam Smith. Smith. Adam, <laughs> oh my God, John Fetterman, the ghost is here. This is a problem. <laughs> And I, I'm trying to, oh, my God. Yeah, um, this is the problem. So I understand the profit of capitalism 
is has no feeling really really doesn't and yes right now notice how popular it is oh we got to do this or we got to do that about china folks we are so past that they uh manufacture 99% of our domestic products we couldn't start manufacturing that stuff here for the life of us I, i'm talking about aspirin even i'm talking about alka seltzer i'm talking about the little tin foil machine to put the aspirin, I mean, the Alka-Seltzer. It's probably even more. Like, they build 90% of the phone, and then they hand off the final part to Vietnam, and then it's, oh, it's probably the other way around. Vietnam sticker. Well, you believe it's always at the end like that, or the Vietnam makes the, the brass tacks of it, and then the fine, the fine tuning part is in China. I like to think that. I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just, throwing, process, it, I'm just throwing it out there. But I'm just saying, like, there, I caught myself again. Um, the whole process of current manufacturing nowadays, with globalization, parts of the phone are made everywhere. Absolutely. Like, that's the crazy but part. But it can't be made here. It would cost like 50 grand on one phone. I, I remember in his in uh, uh, Steve Jobs' autobiography, he said that my phone, this is where the $53,000 number comes from, he says, my phone would took me... 53,000 engineers to finally get it right. And I go, you know, as a reader, you're going, how in the hell? Because guess what? For me to get to the iPhone, I had to get through the computer part first, which is my desktop computer and my laptop computer to get to having a sense of reducing my desktop down to a laptop and realize, wait a second, this can be in a palm of your hand. So you see the evolution. He says, I could have never done that in the United States. I required me to have all kinds of uh, genius trained in the United States and going to China to create a team of thinkers and widget makers and stuff like that. He says, forget it. The phone today would cost five times more, ten times more. Uh, his book made it very clear that forget forget it. We would have never had the iPhone if it wasn't for for my ability to go to China and get it done over there. Because here there would have been nothing but <laughs> labor strikes. And every step of the way, Americans would have uh, gone into some kind of pissy match among themselves. And the government would step in and start acting rev- regulations that would drive the cost of goods. And that's the problem with this, this United States. Too many people back to the, the, the wage person who don't make any money make demands that, look, I'm making you rich, give me more. Look at the railroad strikers right now. They want to leave the industry because of paid leave. My God, you got you own a railroad company. You got to be brain dead to not just give them the paid leave. Spare us all the aggravation, whatever. But the that's pro- actually something the left is angry with Biden is that he sided against them. Yeah, because he would crush his economy that's already inflated. Um, it's a it's a it's the saddest thing to. Uh, it's the saddest thing to understand that the, 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 the warm and fuzzy part of being human has nothing to do with capitalism. Capitalism is simply market share, cost of goods, profit for my shareholders. Whether it's me and my wife as a shareholder of a small company or a co-op like we are downstairs because, you know, I'm an ace hardware dealer. That's the crazy. You know how many, you know how many of products at, at the hardware store are made in China? 
or should I ask you the question even better, give you a hint? How many products in the hardware store are made in the United States? I bet none in the United States right now. Two. Hialeah. Two. They're degreasers. Formula 88 and it's additive. I think that's something that like people on both sides of the spectrum in the country can really agree on. It's like we want to bring back some sort of effort of The only thing you can bring back here, and I shouldn't say it that way, I couldn't say the only thing, is the macroeconomic stuff. There's no reason why the stuff that are vital to this country, here I, I might be a little bit Democrat socialist here, can't be uh, subsidized by, not by government because I'm against that, but zero costs in terms of taxes. You just can't tax these companies, like the aspirin maker, the Alka-Seltzer. Like, for instance, what do you think about something that seems so freaking obvious and would have avoided all this we're dealing with today? What was wrong with just Trump standing up and saying, okay, because of this pandemic, we're reducing the tax rates down to 1%. While we go through this pandemic, instead of all the stimulus money that inflated the world, I, think co- the stim- I would give him credit for the stimulus checks. It ruined our economy. It ruined the supply chains. It created chaos. Nobody wants to work. We've got so much jobs that are not even being applied for all across the United States. That's your democratic socialism talking like, to you. I think you the, the, send the, money the, to people. The Trump checks were actually something I would defend. Because he couldn't say no to them. He had both houses of Congress coming after him with, hey, they were going to give free stuff away. If he said no to any of that free stuff, he would have been tarred and feathered, which he ended up getting tarred and feathered anyway. But like free <laughs> stuff, like Congress is a free stuff machine. Yeah. Like, pr- that, that prints, is their job. It, they give free stuff to the military. They give so does, free stuff but so does to the, corporations. But so does free it, stuff so is does the name Denmark. of the game. But so does Denmark. Yeah, it, but the question is, where do we allocate the free stuff? In the hands of the people, I would, or I, I would, at like <coughs> friends of Washington. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, You're excused. There might be another cough. Another cough coming. It starts getting really bad. You got to take over and start talking while I cough my brains away. Sure, but I, I guess what I wanted to say, um, going back on the China stuff, is what's really interesting about China in particular. Um, there was a Slovenian guy by the name of Zizek who said it best: is that. China found a way... But tell us. You can't tell the audience. I don't know who Zizek is. He's a, he's a philosopher. Okay, he's a philosopher. Uh, he goes by that last name? Slavo Zizek. Um, oh, Slavo. He's Slovenian. Slovenian, okay. And um, is, is, that, is that where Melania's from? Or yeah. She? They're from the same place. Notice, uh, notice how my, my ears got hot on me. <laughs> okay, sorry. But what's really funny, given that um, he says... China managed to do something completely unforeseen given the Cold War, where it was like East versus West, capitalism, democracy versus totalitarian communism. Like, China managed to put itself... Move, move well, your let, microphone. Let me, let me wait, wait, move your microphone closer okay. to your mouth. Thanks. There you go. Um, China managed to do something really interesting, is that it managed to have what you were com- you know, commentating upon, the insatiable lust for profit of capitalism, but then it got the vanguard nightmare state that like 1984 talks about you know like complete utter control from a you know leninist vanguard maoist sort of party dominated everything goes through the hands of the party yeah for the incentive of business like it's it's kind of created um an embrace 
of the worst of both systems. So, uh, I think you're 100% right from the standpoint that China, the Maoist communists that they are, have a parallel philosophy that started in the 50s uh, called the Giant Leap Forward. And guess who else has the same parallel philosophy? The progressives. Get it? Progressive, Giant Leap they Mao's both great leap forward was about ex, um, no. destroying any remnant of their history in order to destroy a very powerful landowner class. Okay. That was the intended I, goal. I, Progressives I, are not I, trying to get rid of your landlord through violent means. I can I can disprove that theory. <laughs> it it sounds it sounds doable, but the they both seek. 70%, both Maoists and Democrats, seek 70% of the GDP, and the innovators get 30% of the GDP, the people who make stuff. And they'll do it by force of hand through the party, talking Chinese, and the United States will do it through laws, as Anne Rand would say. Statism is a horrible means... To an end, Everything which is stands. little by little, little by little, little by little, more laws, more laws, more laws to the point where, oh my God, where do we start deleting, the, repealing these? I'm going to blow your mind right now. Whoa. So the statism rhetoric, okay. like statism versus like, we meant I told you I was a libertarian. No, you didn't. You told me you were you were a freaking radical yeah, yeah, socialist. But I told you I went through a libertarian phase. Oh, that's different. So the you, reason I don't like the libertarian rhetoric is because it doesn't deal with like material reality. And I feel when I hear the word status, it kind of puts this like othering on people who might own a business or something that they have autonomy over, right? But that's not true, man. You just made that one up. When I mean statism, I mean people who love government and want government to have more stupid laws. Everything that we have is permitted by government. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. The only thing that's permitted by government in a macro sense is somehow, some way, this country has been able to maintain a less corrupt legal system, which is government. There, I give you hook, line, and sinker. You got me. If I get Without government, we don't have the judges, the prosecutors, the jail sentences, and the enforcement of the law but all the other things are are issues that sure i understand that under child labor you have to have laws to prevent people from hiring a nine-year-old and abuse them in work and not giving them working conditions and da, da, da. okay but fine. Let, let's see but let's let's look there's at just, issues let's that even... you can't just go there and say that because of government we had this economy no man yeah i already made that statement yesterday. But and let's say you and I, we both find a mine, right? We both find a mine. And there's a bunch of nice resources, right? And in the mine. In the mine. And we both want it because we want to make a business out of it, right? We want to get miners in there. We want to sell these raw materials. Notice how you go, we want to get miners in there. No, we want to extract the natural resources. Yeah, to extract Who them. can do it cheaper, faster, and more innovative? But who... But that no, is no, not no, government. But he, No, no. But who... Like, you and I can dis- settle this dispute 
through violence. Like we could either like you know, hey, yeah. we're going to be mafiosos and we're going to yeah hire shoot a bunch you of guys, off, shoot you off the property. We can go to the government and say you'll come back and you have I have the deed to the mine. The government has given me permission to extract resources. All the permission that we have to extract or use stuff or run our business is because the government gives us permission. They're saying, That's not true. Have it. Yes, it that is. That only is true on federal property or public property. It's not true. This was a Supreme if, Court ruling um, after the Civil War that um, companies could now be privately owned. Uh you're going to tell me that private business was post Civil War? No, but the idea that like no, corporations used to be seen as things that were tied to the government. No, man. Where do you get that from? The only reason government had anything to do with corporations is because they forced them to incorporate. It used to be Jack and Jill own five cows, three horses, three fences, and a shotgun, and don't cross the fence because I'm going to shoot you dead. This is my land, and that's where plotters' rights came from. But most of most of businesses weren't necessarily corporations because they were just Jack and Jill owning businesses. One guy owned the drugs, and they called it, I don't even think they called it, they called it a drugstore. They didn't call it a pharmacy. We became a corporation because government wanted to tax the person's earnings. They also wanted to uh, fortify states. Remember, this, what, what, what the whole nation is operated from... What protects from, the business, then? It's huh? the government. What protects the businesses... Is the government. No, yeah, it's, it's the police officer. Which is government. They're literally government. Yes. When you, when you read the founding of the United States, the states realize, wait a second, if we don't somehow join forces, because obviously these people are abusing us, which is we came to this land because we were seeking our freedoms, whether they be religious, entrepreneurial, uh, resources, looking for mines, whatever the reason why so many people in Europe not only fled to the New World, but also brought with them disadvantaged people under contract called indentured servitude, and they joined them, but I'm the one that put up the ship. Who recognizes the contract? Huh? Who says the contract is legally binding? The two people in in it. One now, person can just choose to ignore it, and, and how can you hit that person with penalties? The only way you can, it's not the a only magic. way you can enforce a contract when the other one doesn't, the other one does, doesn't comply, either to submission, like bankrupting the person, or seeking relief through the court system, which goes back to my point. Like, I'm excited because this is the fundamental philosophical. You like to envelope the court system, and I can't argue this. I'm agreeing with you. The court system is a function of government, but it's only to enforce laws that more government people are put in place that sometimes are duplicitous, sometimes are unenforceable, sometimes they're duplicative. In other words, they're inhibiting to innovation. Sometimes the mind. The resources that are actually profitable are next door to the mind, and they want rights to go farther than the permit allows. But the original mines were literally private-owned lands where, oh, my God, I found oil underneath my living room. You know, I'm, 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 being, I'm trying to be sure. cute. But <laughs> there's, no, there's no debate that we can't live without forms of authority. Yeah. 
But my the or common areas. The like how has, do you get you and me to put up money for this bozo next door to us to have a road that goes through you and me so that he can function too? We need. I'm not arguing if this is good We need good public or bad. access. You know, we need to pony up money for roads and highways and infrastructure so that we can yeah. all bring... I'm not arguing if this is good or bad. I'm saying this is how we I'm arguing that it's really bad. I'm arguing that this is, like, just the facts, just the birds and the bees. This is how we exist. Like, this is how we exist as citizens of the United States. This is how we conceive our existence. This is how we function. Like... They are through, in some ways, the philosophical ideas the government allows us to exist under. When you say no, yes, no, that's that democratic socialist. The government doesn't allow diddly squat. There's nothing in the comp- in the Constitution that gives government zero power. The U.S. Constitution, and take this to the bank, and you can go research it, and we can talk about it again tomorrow. The government has no rights. It's a negative document. The whole Constitution, from Article 1 all the way to Article 6, tells the government that we are forming a mutual agreement, what you cannot do to me as the people. And to make sure that this is clear as hell, we signed it, we exercised it, and immediately created the Bill of Rights, 10 more. And two were left out that became 11 and 12, but later, because it was just too much. But a only, do you know what article that, that is the only article in the Constitution that passed unanimously without debate in the Constitutional Convention? Which? Article 5. Because Madison stood up and said, wait a second. Oh, my God. We spent all these weeks talking about this. The Confederation, the Articles of Confederation have already failed. People weren't even adhering to it. The states were already saying, ah, the hell with it. And they brought this convention to save the nation, like, whoa, this article's a convention is not working. On that thread or on that feeling, he stood up and said, wait a second, what if we become like Henry of England did, uh, became a tyrannical force? What are the states to do about a federal government that's out of hand, like we see today? Article 5 says you can amend the Constitution through the Congress or you can amend the Constitution through the Convention of States. Not properly said. It actually is a long phrase that says convene a convention for the purposes of amending the U.S. Constitution. The whole five words there, six words. And it's like the B in Article 5, even though it's one run-on sentence. There's no A and no B. It's just... The way that our amendments have occurred so far, these, other than the first 10 that obviously was from the convention, the, the rest have been through, uh, what is it, three-fifths, two-thirds, and then three-fifths passage. Two-thirds uh, to, to propose it. Congress, uh, how was it? Uh, let me get that. That's very important that I get that right. The Congress sends out amendments that are passed on through Congress, and then two-thirds of the state, or is it three-fifths of the states that have to approve the Constitution? It's the larger number. Two-thirds, or three-fifths of the the 50 states, or is it two-thirds of the 50 states? Anyway. When people... So we've never passed any... We've never done that as states without Congress. But but Madison put it there. But take, for example, the passing of civil rights. This, when these things were argued, 
they would say, but the Constitution implies all people are created equal. That's the Bill of Rights. No, that's the Constitution. No. In the Constitution, like uh, the black man was a three-fifths of a white man. But we go and we say, I'm being denied constitutional rights using the Constitution. It's usually the ten Bill of Rights that we're talking about. Using, the, yeah, using these things, we appeal to the courts to reverse situations because we are saying, you, the courts, hold up this idea as some sort of backing of my right to exist. However, well, you're getting, in, you're getting into generality. You got to be more specific. When people have grievances, because it's a right to assemble and express our grievances, the courts have to clarify the misunderstanding between the parties, providing that Congress has already done so or the Constitution already said so. But even that is not perfect because the Constitution originally said the black man was not equal to a white man, and that had to be rectified later. So much so that we had to get rid of, uh, I believe it was three Southern senators, which is six of them, two and two, two and two. We had to appoint them. I believe it was Lincoln who appointed them senators because you lost, folks. You, your senators are gone because you lost this war. You fought against the Union. And well, I, we won. Do, do, do not call me a confederate <coughs> is all that I <coughs> Excuse me. Do, do and not we imply to, I am a confederate. I believe please. we had to appoint these senators to reconvene a convention and pass three freaking amendments to get the states to realize, hey, dude, we beat you in this war. We pummeled you. And you have to now free your freaking slaves. And also, at the same time, they left women out. Keep on talking because I'm starting to cough again. Okay. Oh, no, but, um, but that's kind of the idea. This is, um, when you talk about what happened with the Confederacy, this disagreement is a philosophical one, that they were the ones who had that individual personhood and property rights are absolute. That, like, the federal government did not have the right to essentially take away... Government has no rights. Government has no rights. It doesn't give us anything, nothing. We bestow it to them out of, out of what you and I agree on. A need. We both are not going to get along on every... It does it by, by granting them this ability to you do don't so. Grant, no, so. no. Well, authority, yes. But the rights, The government no. is authority itself. No. Yeah. We are authority. Government is... is uh, it's hard to understand today. Believe me, there's a lot of people who agree with you that think, hey, the government doesn't want it, you ain't getting it, you don't, don't fight City Hall. I understand oh, no, that no, part. No. I'm not saying but that the you truth don't is, fight it, it doesn't. We don't. We, our government has no rights, zero, unless we bestow it to them. I, now we have. You can still fight it. You can. The government has done plenty of things that were immoral and wrong, and people properly organized to. Go yes, it went that. to Supreme Court and made yeah. it all the way up there and stuff. But there's a lot of cases that they'll get heard because they don't have standing. But what I'm saying is, like philosophically, how we exist yes. and how we function and how we think and engage with stuff. It's usually through the government. Like no, the it isn't. No, it isn't. Is through government. No, it isn't. It's through disagreements. Nations are formed when groups of people have amassed so much property, wealth, that now they want to keep it. And guess what? Then they form they, a government. Then they form a government, <laughs> but not the other way around. But that, that's what happened here, is that Remember, all of these guys... Remember, the vast majority the, the of nations were... were equivalent to billionaires back then. 
They got together. No! Yeah, they, they, were, no. they were pretty rich. Nah, they were rich and they were poor. They were rich. But they were nothing more than And those uh, guys got together and interested said, parties. we want to keep this. We were like, we want to keep this. We don't. We want to stop paying taxes to somebody the who has, government. Yeah, who has and the, then they made their own government. That's exactly what happened. Well, no, they fought. And the, yeah. they fought. And, and then they made it. And they formed the government. That's indisputable. Even to this day, you saw Key Biscayne in 1991. We were up to here. I was in, I was one of the few people my age involved. Um, nobody 18 years old could give a hoot about the incorporation of the island back in 1991. But I knew the metamorphosis dating back to the 80s. We were up to here with Dade County. And together we said, you know what? This, this separate ourselves from Dade County and grab 20%. That's not a good argument in our case. Why? Because there was no 20% back then. You were just going to grab it all, which is uh, what were known to be state constitutions. And the federal constitution is kind of a cut and paste of different states. And there was only 13 of them, right? But they're cut and paste from those documents. It wasn't like... Uh, Elon Musk all of a sudden dreaming up a perfect document. No, they they hashed it out. But you know what the biggest problem that we had when we were forming the Constitution? Getting them all to talk together at the same time. Because of horse and chariot, because of uh, weather, because of the death of the, the, the oxen, the mule, and the horse, the delegates had a tough time being together. Is this about Kibis Kane or the Founding Fathers? No, I jumped yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped back to the Founding Fathers. That you know that painting of all the Founding Fathers together. Yeah. That never happened. They never were together. Even when they signed it, they all came in at different times, weeks apart, months apart. Felt tip, the felt tip pen, different pens. Uh, I shouldn't say felt. I think I should say feathers. Um, we, they were never all together all at once. There isn't a, a moment in history that they were all together all at once. There's always several missing. Well, in the final passage, for instance, I think Alexander Hamilton did not attend because he was broke and he needed to go make a living, (laughs) literally. And I think it was Madison who who represented New York by himself. So there's a lot of things that democratic socialists like to bridge the, the bridge too far. They make these giant leaps and they are, in all different ways, parties of people who believe in government. Us, Republicans, and conservatives, and libertarians, we don't really want government too involved in anything until we have to go to court. <laughs> Keep on going. The I mean, I, this is mostly a refutation, I feel. Conservatives like hiding and pretending they're anarchists every once in a while, which is, um, you know, this talk about um, neutral voting, all consent, but I don't think it really works that way. I think... What we really see is that at the end of the day, we always agree what's the authority we appeal to to get things moving. And conservatives okay. loves an authority more than anybody. I don't really debate that, but they don't get it right because it's damn big, hollow, powerless institutions. Okay, I, I Perfect it, example is COVID. Nobody studied, researched the, the deafening and damaging effects of the vaccine. There was a group of us that just wouldn't even consider getting vaccinated, no matter how many people were dying. I'm one of those people who stuck stuck to my guns as long as I could. And then guess, man, a very close friend of mine died, 14 days, unvaccinated. And I took one pinch of a Moderna vaccine. 
and man, look at me today, coughing like a freak, childhood back, uh, bronchitis is back. Since I'm already diabetic, no one's gonna, no one's gonna say it was the vaccine. No one's gonna agree with me. I've said it to doctors; they just roll their eyes at me, like, "Where are you going, kid?" You know, I ain't gonna admit to any of that. And it's all very predictable. Why? Because I do have doctors that are not my doctors, but they're just doctors that I know who tell me, "Why'd you do that?" I've cured 800 of my cancer patients, 800, with the stuff that everybody hated Trump for saying, ivermectin, and that other one, hydrochlor, hydrochlorochlor or something. You realize, like, vaccination has been around for a while. Like, even but George, not that one. George that, Washington was vaccinating his troops. Yes, but these were called vaccines wrongly because they were RNA uh, programming of your RNA to create a spike protein. That we now know is killing people. I would have given Trump credit for getting that as fast out as possible. Uh, he blew Operation it. Warp Speed. He blew it. He blew it. He told you guys take the vaccine. He bought he in. He told you guys take the vaccine. Okay. He was proud of doing it. But what you <laughs> the, the problem I have with you and others who think like you is you cheapened his presidency by the constant hatred and attack where you eventually get a fogged uh, judgment. Why? Because he got COVID when he thought that he wasn't going to get it. He thought, I don't know, he, I'm Trump, It's I'm Teflon. I don't know what he thought. But once he got it, I thought, and I said it here on the radio, I thought, oh, you guys will now finally respect him because he stood up, 70-something years old, he took it on the chin, he got COVID, and he survived it, and now he knows better than everyone else because he's now a, a patient like everybody else who got COVID. Instead, it was his death knell. Why? We all got locked up. Our economy went to crap. People starved. People went broke. People lost their businesses. And they blamed it all on Trump. Why? Because they're already blaming him for everything I feel like else. This is an entirely different conversation. No, I'm, went, I'm, I'm willing to have it. It went, it went, the, it went on a tangent. <laughs> I, I'm willing to have it. But, but I'm admitting to the mistakes he made under a lot of duress. He was the most successful president under the amount of duress for four whole years. We cheapened the presidency of the United States with continuous rotten attacks and everything that we thought he was going to do to if, this if country. If you ask me, the presidency was already cheapened by Bush Jr. Okay. So uh, Trump, could, uh, Trump was more I, of... I've heard that one before. It doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't really have a yeah. doesn't really have a place in this exact conversation. I was telling all of my liberal friends like like remember when Bush did that? Remember when like Cheney backed these sorts of initiatives? Um however um I feel like what I'm generally saying, though, is that, which you contested with slightly earlier, is that government is how we enable these things. For example, I wanted to talk earlier about... No, you, you, no, no. you start you, you, how we enable. Well, why what do you, do you mean by that? Perfect example is diet, right? Why Americans eat tons of corn, right? They have tons of That's corn. That's because we have a lot of it. No, it was because in 1940... FDR gave out subsidies for the corn farmers to be able to start growing again so we could fight the Great Depression. Now Americans, due to this 70, 80 years, were completely addicted to corn, you know, which gets translated to the body as sugar. Now yeah, we get, have an obesity get, epidemic get, you, because companies are still being paid by the government to produce mostly corn. And you can count on a progressive to all of a sudden want to take... Five, six, seven, eight percent of it, and stick it in our gas for ethanol, wasting all <laughs> our money. Okay, we, we can talk policy in a bit, but 
My no, point you're, is- you're actually right. I can see how government subsidy can ruin things for us, but I can also see government forcing upon you and I, and I believe you were subjected to this too, the famous pyramid, high carbohydrate diet, a little bit of protein, and what was the other one? Uh, water. <laughs> tons of carbs, tons of carbs. Yes, and it turns out it's inverted. We were supposed to have more meat, less carbs, yeah. and that's why we're all obese now, me being one of them. But and also diabetic. That's a conversation about um Okay, this is going like to be our final it's going to be our final point and I'm just going to make it because um I have a widget here that allows my phone to go through the radio waves so you can hear it clearly. But I'm not in the mood to do it right now. I'm just going to put my phone up against my microphone so that the audience can hear what the biggest problem in America was in 2020, okay? This guy says it clear as day today, and I just saw it. And if it's got bad words, I'm going to sit by my drop buttons, but I can't remember it having bad words. But he probably, I think he used, I think he might use the, the, the sh word, okay? Here we go. Crazy that the guy that the world thought was going to start World War Three, the world was at peace. And the guy that thought that was going to bring world peace, this created the world into mayhem. Everybody thought Biden was going to bring a lot of peace. It's been a shit show when it comes down to safety. And everybody thought Trump was going to bring war. The only place it was a shit show was on Twitter, okay, when, when, when he was here. It's crazy that the guy that the world thought was going to start World War III, the world was at peace. And the guy that thought that was going to bring world peace, this created the world into mayhem. Everybody thought Biden was going to bring a lot of peace. That's my point. I have a trap card for that. We'll be back. It's for tomorrow. The hour's up. WSQF Blink Radio with the Young and Old Show here on 94.5 FM. Stay free, my friends. We'll be back tomorrow at 5.